You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone and welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 19th of February 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And we got a show full of stories today. We have so many stories that I don't know what to do with them all. We must we must have two dozen things lined up in our hopper. I don't know, there's no way we're going to get to them all, but we got to try to get through them really fast. Dave, how you doing today, brother? I am doing fantastic, Jim. Um, how are you doing? You're out in a colder part of the uh, country? Well, no, I'm not. I'm actually, I'm inside my house and I'm not leaving <laughs> for a few days. <laughs> I've been trapped inside for two days, for a day now. Um, I'm probably not going out until sometime Saturday when, um, well, when I can have exposed, have like, you know, my face exposed for more than five minutes without it getting frostbite. <laughs> Fair enough. It's bad, man. It's crazy. I have Two years, two winters of sustained, sustained, brutal cold in the east. Meanwhile, um, back west, you guys are having a heat wave. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain. It's sort of high 30s, low 40s here right now, which this time of year, I'll, I'll take it. Cherry blossoms are coming out on the trees. Leaves are coming out. Yeah, yeah it's a good time. You're not going to complain. No. <laughs> <laughs> I won't have it. Um Ah, I so badly want to be back back on the coast. Like, it's, it's just, um, but this makes us tougher, you see. Right, right. And we feel good come springtime because we survived, and we get to brag about it. <laughs> um, that's the one advantage of living in the living in the east right now is if you're alive, you get to brag about it. And we, and as you, you know, you see on Facebook, we're doing that in spades or shovels, really. <laughs> It's funny because okay. it's not me. So, All right. It's been a busy week, man. Like, like nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. Then suddenly this week, everything happens. Everything's going on. So let's start off with uh, one I think we can blow through really fast. Some people perceive that something happened yesterday. Yeah. There was a bloop in the rankings, a, uh, a stirring in the great voice that's the algorithm. What do you think? Uh, I, I tend to agree. Uh, but you know what's, what's interesting? Uh, and this is where it really comes in uh, and, and lesson for people who might be more entering the industry. Um, I had noticed some stuff. I'm sure you had noticed some stuff. Obviously, a lot of people had as well. Um, I don't know how you take these things. Um, but at this point in, in the game, when I see major shuffles, I just tend to go, yeah, just just wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's just give it a couple days. We'll see where it lands. And, you know, if it, if it still holds after a few days, you know, okay, now now we know this. You know, we, you and I have both seen the pendulum swing back and forth so many times on algorithm updates. That- the weird thing about this one was how fast it swung back. It was there for, like, you know, half an hour, an hour or so, and then boom, gone. 
yeah, it must have been a major screw up is all I can assume um, that something, you know, you know, they've got testing going on. You know, they've got people sitting watching with their click through rates on, on searches and which positions people are clicking on, probably firing onto screens, um, you know, updating on, in almost real time with with graphs sort of showing them with the what's going on. Um, I can only imagine they saw something so horrific um, that they had to flash it back. Um, you know, because otherwise they're going to lose market share to Yahoo, as as yeah. you and I both know. <laughs> it must really suck to be in the lunchroom and to like you know you you just finished all work on this up this major algorithm update. You, you and your team have been working on it for like you know days and days and days, and you finally you've been pulling like twenty four hour days and you got it done. And you're hanging out in the cafeteria eating like multicolored food or something, and somebody comes along and says, uh, "Dude, we uh, we had to pull the plug on." I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that'd be miserable. But you know what? Like, what a, and again, because you and I have been around long enough, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners have as well, um, you know, isn't this, hey, a whole lot better? You remember the days of the Google Dance? It was like, well, that sucks. Buckle up for six weeks because that's what you got. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Okay, so something happened yesterday. It got pulled back again. Um, Beyond that, I think everything is kind of speculation. But yeah, something, something, Almost certainly happened. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of stuff that happens, and this has been happening for a little while now, but it just got exposed in the last couple of days. Superfish. You heard of Superfish? I have not heard of Superfish. Well, when, I- when you hear Superfish, you might wonder to yourself, is this from like the Marvel or the DC universe? <laughs> and apparently it's from not, neither. It's a piece of oh, what's being described as crapware that Lenovo, the computer company that makes computers that used to be IBM's, I'm sorry, used to be H, no, IBM, sold their line to Lenovo, and uh, they're installing, um, it's not malware exactly, it comes like in your, in, in, on your hard drive. You don't even know it's there. It's, it's, it's part of the uh, software that's pre-installed, and it's very difficult to remove. And, and, and the, the amazing thing about this is what it does is it monitors, silver, Superfish monitors everywhere you go, everything you do. It might even monitor um, you know, voice conversation and stuff. And it uses that information to insert AdWords inside of AdWords. You, I'm not kidding. Yeah, I, I, I believe I, I, I got it. I got to kind of you know, tip my tip my hat on like, okay, that's kind of bright. Like it, 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 okay, so either Google can profit or, or they can. They're trying to get in the in the middle. Um, you know what's what's interesting is is they're going to be slammed. And you know what you you'd mentioned it. I've called it up. You know, lifehacker.com has like an article on here's how to here's how to get rid of it. What I find funny is they're going to get slammed for this, and rightfully so. Um, you know, and, and, and this is sort of a, a breach of, of trust and a, and a breach of confidence when you're getting a new computer. You don't expect this sort of stuff to, to be on there. At the same time, what they're functionally doing is very similar to what, you know, Google, <laughs> for yeah. example, uh, is, is doing already in a, in a way that we call a breach of confidence. You know, why should you be able to listen in when I've got my phone with me? Um, waiting for me to say stuff, and how am I supposed to believe you're not taking that to to impact? As you you pointed out, you happen to be listening to um, you know commercials that related to feminine hygiene products, and, and it was going on in the background. Then you started seeing the ads. Um, you know, are, are, is what they're doing really worse? It sounds to me like they're pretty much doing the same and just trying to find a way to profit off of Google's. Um, yeah, yeah often that Facebook, Google, Bing, and a whole host of other internet services are already doing right um it i I think the thing that's so stunning about this is you get you know you you bring your computer home you expect it to be like you know a virgin baby and stuff Mm -hmm. and it's not somebody has touched your computer before you turned it on so no safety precaution you take will prevent this stuff from being on your computer no, it's it's very true, and I, I think with a service like, say, Google, you know, I list them as the, hey, why should they be able to do it? Um, I think one of the fundamental differences, I think there's a you know, more or less unwritten contract, terms of service accepting, you know, click of a button kind of thing, um, but an unwritten sort of understanding that you are giving me a service for free, and so in exchange for that, 
um, I am going to let you feed me ads. And, and you're producing a, an operating system called Android inexpensively so I can essentially get a free phone every couple of years. Um, you know, and, and in exchange for that, you're able to use my data. So I naturally understand if I'm getting a product essentially for free that that means that I'm going to have to you know, that, that there is an exchange of something for it, in this case, my data. In, with Lenovo, I've actually purchased this thing. I, I'm exchanging money for a product. And so I think that is where it becomes a little bit different. And there is a breach of trust because when I pay for something, that is my exchange, nothing well, more. And up until now, again, you had no idea it was there. When you go to Google, you type in Google.com. So when ads start being served to you, when Google starts getting a user profile around you, you've chosen to go there, and it's not like people don't know Google's doing this. Uh, certainly people listening to this show know Google does this. Right. When you, buy your, when you buy your Lenovo, and it may not just be Lenovo, incidentally, but Lenovo was outed. You know, it could right. be other computer manufacturers. We don't know. Yeah? Yeah. And that's annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> You have you had no idea. They had, there's no contract, no agreement, no um, implicit. Um, when you go to Google, there's an implicit arrangement, an implicit, uh, a complicit agreement. There's nothing when you buy a computer that happens to be Lenovo, right? Um, anyway, if, you, if people, if you guys are um, are interested in learning more about this, um, there's a good article at Petri.com uh, written by uh, Paul Thoreau. It was published today, February nineteenth. Lenovo accused of installing adware on new PCs. Way worth checking out, um, and I can guarantee a lot more information is going to leak about this in the in the near future. Yeah. Okay, moving along. Um, love to stay on that story, but there's like so much more to go. Yeah. Um, I don't want to get to the Pimpinar writing section yet because there's a <laughs> lot in there. Um, just for the for the for the audience's uh, oh, information, Dave uh, had an article published in Search Engine Watch today. We are going to cover it because it's something that. You know, um, SEOs, people interested in web marketing, designers should be reading. Um, What can we get through quickly, though, eh? Um, Because we're going to have to go to commercial in a few minutes. Um, Uh, How about Yelp? Okay, let's go there. That's funny. (laughs) So, Yelp is taking the reputation management industry to court. You know what, and and I've got to say for for what they're doing, I think we've all been there. Anybody who's done any real for real, I I mean the real ethical kind of um, reputation management work where you're actually trying to help your clients come up with ways to engage their visitors, you know, obeying Yelp's guidelines and going, okay, you know, here's ways you could ask them to, to do these reviews. Here's ways, you know, don't forget to, even if it's just as simple as don't forget to ask them to review you right after you've done, you know, whatever service it is you're doing, you know, don't forget to, to invite them to, to do that, um, to do these reviews and then finding, you know, all these competitors with, wow, I don't know how they got like, 30 reviews in a two-week period, all with five stars or, you know, maybe a couple with four because they were smart, right? I mean, it's frustrating. I'm happy to see what Yelp's doing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to be clear, Yelp is not suing the entire reputation management industry because it really couldn't find a reputation management industry, but there's a lot of companies that do reputation management. Um, One of them is called RevLeap, and RevLeap... um, is the target of uh, uh, of this lawsuit, and it, it comes for exactly what you described, Dave: um, fake reviews or creating negative reviews for competitors. And Yelp, which you know, I mean, Yelp could be a great recommendation engine if it wasn't so damn spammed. <laughs> so I don't use it. I don't. I don't trust Yelp. Well, what am I going to get advice from a from a uh, marketer? I am a marketer, for goodness' sake. <laughs> I give marketers advice. I don't take advice from them. Well, they best not trust Google either. (laughs) Um, No, I didn't mean that. That's that's, that's, but like if and incidentally, people who write spammy, who try to do shortcuts by spamming Yelp and writing fake reviews, that's not marketing. That's not you're not marketers. You're spammers. Um, like. And this is why Yelp is going after them. It's, it's much like Google changing an algorithm to, uh, say, go after um, people who were link spamming. Yeah. 
Except Yelp can't actually change its algorithm because it's user-generated content. So it's making an example of uh, a company, um, RevLeap, who also goes by RevPlay and Yelp Director. Yeah, I mean, I, I would liken this, in, in my mind, I liken this a lot to a Google like blog network takedown. Right, where it's yeah. like we need to make an example in an industry we can't fully control um, and just make the punishment so bad <laughs> that, that you try and get ahead of the curve and make it as clean as you can so that you're not the next example they need to, they need to use. Um, I'm really quickly scanning the court documents because, of course, the uh, most interesting thing is uh, what do they want? What does Yelp really want out of this, right? Well, <laughs> there is... Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, wow. There are several. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There are several pages called uh, uh, Request for Relief or um, a Claim for Relief. This is, this is how they spell out what they want the defendant, what, the, their, their, uh, what they want the defendants to do. Um, ultimately... They claim that defendants have infringed the Yelp trademark and and trust mark, engaged in trademark dilution, unfair competition, cyber squatting. Oh, they've been using Yelp's trademarks as well on their websites. Mm-hmm. Um, they're engaged in unfair competition. Um, they the okay. So Yelp is asking that the court enter an order enjoining and restraining defendants and all persons or entities acting as agents of or in concert with said defendants. Um from really doing anything, having anything to do with Yelp, they do not name a money value. Bummer. I know, that's what I was looking forward to. I'd quickly done like a find on this document and a dollar sign, and all I can find is the $100 gift card that uh, was being offered for, for the review. So. Dope. Never occurred to me to use the find command. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's weird how like, a whole industry was built. And I shouldn't say it's an industry. Like it's a, I, I, Honestly, I don't see reputation management the, you know the, you know the worst thing about the reputation management industry what's that it's got a terrible reputation <laughs> yeah. it's yeah, hard to think it's a serious industry when you know it's built on stuff like this eh? it, it's true and that's that's really unfortunate because i think there's a good legitimate case um for reputation management i mean you know I, i'm sure you've done it i've done it mm-hmm. um where you know yeah your your job it's almost more done right it's almost more of a pr uh, department where yes, it's helping companies put their best foot forward, um, but it's their best foot is is I think what's critical for for reputation management companies. Remember, it's taking that customer and actually putting their best foot forward, not manufacturing something to look like their best foot. Yeah, and, uh, and certainly not you putting your foot in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's uh, it's twenty past the hour. We're a third of the way through, so it's a good time to take our first of two commercial breaks. And again, when we come back, we're going to be uh, covering a, uh, a rather lengthy article published today in Search Engine Watch, Five Questions Your Web Designer Should Ask You, and five more you ought to be asking them. Um, before we do, we've got to take this commercial break. So on behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's February 19th, and we'll be back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash Webmaster Radio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC 
professionals. Personal, professional, PPC services. PPCprofessionals.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 19th of February, 2015. This is Jim Hedger from Joey's Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh, you know, this is kind of weird. Sometimes the turn of a new year does actually change everything. <laughs> um, this is a positive story on Yahoo, Dave. I like, know. It never, this never <laughs> happened in the, old day, in the olden days. So, Yahoo's search market is still growing. And this is, I mean, there's, there's this, if you've been around as long as Dave and I have, I think you might find these numbers kind of fascinating. According to Comscore, uh, Yahoo gained uh, like 1.2% of search market share in the U.S. In, in, in January. That brings them up to 13% of the of the all searches done in the United States, 13% on average are done through Yahoo. Microsoft's Bing has 19.7%, but the real stunner is Google at 64.4%. And, and you know, for, for, if, if somebody were, were listening and hearing about this for the very first time, they might think that's a huge number. But Dave, you remember a time when Google was approaching 90% of search share. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and this, if I was Google, like, we, we remember when uh, Mozilla had negotiated the deal with Yahoo um, mm-hmm. just, a, just a few months back or maybe a couple months back. Um, and we also, you know, all of a sudden, Firefox users in, the, in version 34 were going to start getting Yahoo as our default. And so we saw that spike. Um, and of course, what was concerning to, or, you know, sort of not concerning, but, you know, what we all sort of thought was, okay, that's going to happen. They're, they're going to get their market gain because people are going to, going to use them. And then they'll figure out how to go back <laughs> and, and, and start using, you know, you'll, they'll have used it. And a bunch of them are going to go back to Google. Um, if I was Google seeing what is going on right now, now's when it's time to get concerned. Cause what this is telling me, and I may be wrong, um, you know, the reports have just come out, but to me, this is saying a bunch of people switched um, or, or were sort of switched by, you know, by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, went over to, to 34, were switched by Mozilla, stayed because they were there last month. And then on top of that, I don't know if it's word of mouth or whether more people are upgrading to version 34. That's what I, I don't know yet. But either more people are upgrading, and so they're losing market share. That's actually not the biggest problem. It would almost be worse for them if more people haven't upgraded to the newest version, and they're actually losing on word of mouth now, right? Yeah. That people are, are, are talking about, yeah, and that's what I'd really be concerned about if I was, if I was Google. When I first looked at these numbers, I thought, well, 13%, that, that can't just be the transfer of the, 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 the Mozilla using uh, Yahoo as the default search engine, the agreement that was made, I think, what was it, November, December, yeah. maybe? And then I read a little bit more, and it, as it, you know, as it turns out, people are starting to leave the Chrome browser because it doesn't play nice with Flash at all, and move back to Firefox. Yeah, I've always pretty much stuck with Firefox. Like, I just like, I mean, of course, I've got Chrome. I've actually got it open on one of my monitors right now, but, um, you know, as I always do, but 
I've always liked Fire, so I guess it didn't really impact me at all. <laughs> but you know, even worse for Google. Okay, now people are leaving your browser and. <laughs> well, and and worst of all for Google is people are talking. You've, yeah. you, you've, you've read the articles that are out there. People are looking at Google and saying, hey, you guys are looking pretty weak right now. Let's start to assail you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And- if, I, if I was creating a battleground right now, it would be the time. And Google's spreading themselves out very, very wide. They're, yeah. they're casting a very broad net right now. Um, and that could bite them in the butt. Well, um, I mean, Google, like, like to be clear, Google is still the dominant search engine and the dominant uh, player on the web. Um, Facebook is eating a lot of Google, what eating a lot of what used to be Google time, mm-hmm. um, and and Google's functions. Um, but Google is still the primary search engine on the web. But now we're looking at twenty percent of the market is using Bing. One out of five searchers is using Bing. You can't ignore that anymore. It's not like Bing is like fifteen percent or thirteen percent. Or something small. We got to start working for Bing because that's 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 a significant chunk of people. Oh, most certainly. Um, and I mean, I, I remember a time. I'm sure you do too, where Bing would have been happy at nine point seven, let alone nineteen point seven, and that was just a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the the writing on the wall is is pretty clear. Google needs to step up. Um, you know, I mean, it's an interesting one because I've, you know, when, when um, I went to version 34, I actually stuck it out with Yahoo for a little bit and I didn't like it, right? But I mean, I'm conditioned in a different way. I'm conditioned to know, as I'm sure you are, I know how to search on Google, right? Like it's, it's I'm conditioned to understand how Google is going to process my queries with the mm-hmm. negatives and quotes and this and that and which words to put in what order. Um, so I found the experience much less reliable on Yahoo when I was actually searching to find stuff, not you know for customers. That's you know fine. You copy and paste their query. But um, when I'm actually looking for stuff for myself, I had trouble on Yahoo. So I ended up making the switch back. But I'm not standard. You're not standard. Most of our listeners aren't standard users. Um, and it's, it's really, really telling that a lot of people are switching over right now. Well, just to to uh, to be fair to everybody here, uh, Google wasn't the only loser when it came to when it came to Yahoo gaining search share. As it turns out, the Ask Network lost point zero two percent. I'm sorry, zero point two percent, and AOL lost zero point one percent of search share. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> I didn't think it was very significant either. But it, sorry, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the. Uh, well, if you look at percentage of total market share, actually, Ask and AOL lost more. But uh, what's going to be really telling to me is what happens when the Q1 reports are coming out, like the financials. Um, what does this do to Google? Indeed. Well, they they better make sure they collect on Lenovo because they got some ground to make up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, you know what? Let's jump. To, let's jump to the article. Let's jump to the uh, piece that you had in Search Engine Watch uh, published today. Um, five questions your web designer should ask you, and five more you should be asking them. Um, I, I, I know, and I, to, to 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 our listeners, yeah, this is pimping. This is the pimping our writing section. Please forgive us, but this is um, this is stuff webmasters should be uh, should be reading and. By chance, we happen to have the guy who wrote it sitting at the <laughs> microphone. So, um, so Dave, um, here's I'm just going to read out the, the five questions that you suggest that that um, people should ask their designer. Now, this is from an SEO. This is as an SEO, you should be asking your web designer, right? Yeah, that, that was your intent. Okay. It was, well, I mean, it was based on, and I'm sure you've seen them too. You've watched over your lifespan, I'm sure, many design projects from, you know, from third parties where it's a client, their designer, and you, be it in-house or or otherwise. I've seen a, a whack of them. Um, and the frustration that I have as an outsider with a, an invested interest and just a personal interest in my client's well-being mm-hmm. um, and watching what these stumbling blocks are um, that, they're, that they're hitting and, and what the problems are and going, but if you just done this. Like, if you just asked this, um, then you'd know. So, um, yeah, I just, I I got inspired. I finally uh, got, uh, you know, the where it just hit me. I watched two disasters happening in one day. I happened to be writing the article that day and went, okay, that's it. That's what I'm going to write about. 
Yeah, see, if, you, if, 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 if when you're running a busy SEO shop, inspiration just comes to you, and often you don't want it to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and and, 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 and I, by the way, I totally. Uh, I am so in with what you said about like involving the SEO during the design process. We uh, we actually we just worked with a pro, with a project, um, a very public uh, news publishing site, and they included us in from from ground up. And it's it's get a great success story. I can't share any information, even that I don't. I'm not even comfortable sharing the name, but I can tell you it's an amazing, happy success story. The kind of client you love having. Okay, so if you're an SEO and you're working with web designers, you got to ask them. You know, I'm going to go through the five questions, ask them first, and then get back to them one by one. Okay. Number one, what are two or three sites in your niche that you like? What are two or three sites outside of your niche that you like? Number three, what is a conversion to you? It's a great question. Number four, what technical considerations are there? Number five, who will be made, who will be involved in approving the designs and what's the process for decision making? Right. So, um, oh, I'm sorry, this is the questions the web designer should be asking the SEO. In, in wow. this case, it's the five questions the web designer should be asking the client going in. Okay. That was all backwards. I apologize to the listeners. That's right. It's his fault because he didn't correct me. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so what are two or three sites in your niche that you like? So that's an obvious question. It gives the designer um, some latitude, I guess, eh? or some, some instruction. It, it does. To me, this is just a, a quick and easy way um, to get that person, A, to make sure that the um, client understands what their competitors are doing. Um, it, it forces you as the designer to look around at other sites in the niche and sort of compare what they don't like with what they do of of the the sites in their niche, um, because you're going to want to go okay, what makes those two or three different than the other ones that I'm seeing in the in that niche? Um, so it just sort of forces both parties to understand what's around them and then isolate what is the the general looks and feels um, that the client likes specifically niche related. Um, the reason I, I went with the, the number two, which is two or three sites outside your niche, is to also get, the, get from the client that information um, that may be more related to things none of their competitors are doing, right? I mean, you're going to find things, as I know, you know, if you're selling mountain bike equipment or something, in the example I used, um, there may be things you're seeing on Amazon that are, it's not any of your competitors, but you really like some of the functions or you really like some of the layouts of the pages and stuff. So it gives... The, the, the client the opportunity to sort of convey more about design or, or features that they like um, that they might not have been able to pull from those two or three sites, especially if they're trying to create something new. Okay. Uh, here's, here's actually, I think, one of, the, one of the, the, the primary question. What is a conversion to you? Yeah. And I, the first thing you write is sometimes it sounds like a stupid question, <laughs> but it's not. No, it's, it's true. I mean, there's so many conversion metrics, right? I mean, how important is your, you know, uh, the example I used, how important is your newsletter? Like if we find out, you know, during the design process, if you find out from the client that their newsletter, once they get somebody on that list, is converting at 10% or whatever for, for some sale or, or whatnot, um, that's a very, very different environment than if they convert at 0.5%, right? This is something we need to know when we're when we're developing um, you know, calls to action or, you know, when, when designers are trying to, to build out, you know, the, the structure of a site and decide what buttons should be where, you yeah, need to know. envisioning it. it. Exactly. He's sort of going, oh, okay, here's, here's where things need to be laid out. Um, so I, I think, you know, those sorts of questions need to be asked to, to sort of get more information. And it might even be as simple. And we were just chatting about it here in the office earlier for, for a client we're working on is, what specific? You may sell multiple products. Just the most expensive, maybe you know, more a loss leader. What is your value? What is a what? What products convert better than others? And sometimes more importantly, and we would have no idea what what products have the biggest markup, right? Like, or what ones lead to more sales later? You know, it's why they're giving away printers now. So you'll buy the other things. Selling the <laughs> printer might not produce a lot of revenue, but asking the client might tell you actually it produces like four thousand dollars in revenue because yeah, we're buying a hundred dollar thing now, but we know they're going to tear through ink after. So you know, understanding these things is is critical in you know what products you're going to put on the homepage. 
Okay, so those are conversion considerations. Yeah. I can't, this this is a tough one to ask a client. What considerations are there? Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) I'll tell you, I can't, I I don't know how to do it. That's what. No, and that's funny. That usually requires, um, like, to me anyway, as a designer, you know, as an SEO, you know, sort of helping with designers, or if you're an SEO slash designer, why not actually looking, you know, at their current code, looking at what they would have um, or would need, you know, if they're if they're taking reservations or whatnot, knowing to ask that question: How are your reservations handled? Are you doing them in house? Is your hosting in house? What's in house hosting? Good, you've answered my question. Right? I mean, or you could go to Domain <laughs> Tools and get the answer to that question and find out where they're hosted. But um, you know, starting to pull things, you know, so you know what you're dealing with, because there's nothing worse for a for a designer, and we've all seen this happen. I'm sure everybody in the audience, you know, listening right now, who's witnessed a web design has seen this happen, um, where they end up sort of part way through and go, I had no idea. I'll use reservation systems because the example I was going with, I had no idea that's how that was built. Well, that would have been handy to know. <laughs> like To know what the reservation system is, is and, and that sort of thing. And find out, is that part of what you're wanting to switch over? Good question to ask in advance, right? And if you know these technical considerations, you'll know. I mean, it's not that that will be the only answer or the only question, but it'll definitely lead you to a few more questions that might make either the process way easier or make you go, oh, no, you know, I'm going to give an example. Five thousand is not going to cover switching over your reservation system. <laughs> At least you know what the expectation is going to be now. Absolutely, and um, and and let me tell you from the wrong side of that line. Um, we took on a we took on a contract a couple of years ago, and we thought we'd ask the right questions. I guess we didn't get the right answers, and uh, technical uh, technical considerations that we hadn't considered cost us about eight grand on the contract. Right. Oh, that's the one I've seen most often bite people in the butt. Yeah, and I mean these things. They once you start, de- you get a developer working for like a week on something, and then you find out that that isn't, that won't work. It's not going to mesh with the system. Right. Um, you have to because well, you got a commitment, so you got to get it developed. Right. You've signed a contract to get it done. Uh, you yeah. misquoted. That's your problem. Right. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to be careful, and uh, I tell you from personal experience, I ended up eight grand on the wrong side of that. So it happens. But you know what, Jim, and, and it's sort of hat tip where it's due. Good for you for sucking it up and getting it done, because I've seen, and I'm sure you've witnessed them too, where the designer goes, "Didn't know it's going to cost extra." Well, I don't have extra. Well, then it's not getting done. Well, no, <laughs> right? Like no, and that's what was really a lot of the purposes article is let's get everything flushed out at the beginning so you know so everybody well, knows. Indeed. And, and once you make an agreement in business, you've made an agreement in business. You must keep it. That's that's the rules. Yeah, <laughs> or you're going to get it. Basically. Like, um, so what were we talking about reputation management just a few minutes ago? <laughs> okay, probably the most important question, especially if you want to get sign off on your project. <laughs> Who will be involved in approving the designs, and what's the process for decision-making? And this is going to be a rigmarole, can it? Oh, yeah. We've all been there, right, where it's uh, you know designed by committee. Um, <laughs> and, and there's, there's almost nothing, uh, nothing worse. To me, it's great to know that in advance, if nothing else, to allow you to schedule. And I, I kind of touch on that in the article is go, okay, here's, here's the points. Here, like, here's where how you guys all kind of have to... Like, let's create a central point on your end where it all funnels in, and let's set up points where we can take all your information, you can all put it together, all of you can agree on one thing, because I don't want to hear a million things from a million people, and then the next, you know, the next time we're going to discuss this is here, right? Pre-set up conversations, <laughs> rather than getting this, this litany, and I, I'm sure you've seen them, I've seen them on SEO and, and you know, watching design projects. Um, and just like out of the blue, this random, you know, I've decided I like a darker blue. Okay, but there's 13 of you, right? <laughs> like, it, just because you like a darker blue, figure it out for yourself and, and tell me what color that darker blue is. Show me a picture of, of what that blue is that you're talking about after you've, you've discussed it with everybody. Well, well luckily, if you're, if, if you're really good at what you're doing, that should be covered by number three in the next section. But we right. won't be able to get to that for a few minutes because it's uh, 22 the hour. And, you know, by the model of efficiency that we are, it strikes me that it's a good time to take a break here. <laughs> uh, here on Webcology, we have to go to, uh, to get a couple commercials in. 
But we're going to come back with five questions that you should be at. If, if you're having a site designed, you should be asking your designer. It's, there's, there's some talented, um, you know, it's not to even say when the, when the timelines go off, it's not talent. Maybe they didn't get their technical specs together in time, uh, you know, or, or, or properly before the project. But you need to know, I'll, I'll be honest, secretly whenever uh, clients are, are having uh, communications with designers, um, I'll, I'll always let them know, take whatever they say and add a week, right? I mean, just, just do that. <laughs> take, take whatever somebody thinks they're going to do um, and add a week to that, which is, is fair. I mean, hey, if it's done on time, great. If it's not, fine. Either way, we, we've got this, this buffer in there. Um, but yeah, what you need is is realistic timelines. You've you've seen the projects. I've seen them. Usually, it'll be a range, right? It'll be like I don't know, something you know, between six and eight weeks, right? That's totally acceptable. You know, you don't need a March twenty first, right? Kind of kind of thing every time. But you need to know a window, mainly because you're going to need people like you, me, a lot of our listeners stepping in, and we need to know when that's going to happen so we can schedule in to go through the site before launch, uh, you know, and do a, a thorough audit of of the site before launch. Um, and also do any promotions around the new site launch that we're going to want to do. Um, so it, it, to me, it's, it's very important to get a, a realistic timeline built into, uh, built into these things. Well, and to know it ahead of time and also to be able to, um, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but be able to hold your, your, your designer to it. Yeah. Okay, next one. And this, this is what I'm a little curious about. Who will be working on my project? Yeah, um, I mean, if you contract digital always media, does it, does, it, does it really matter who's working on your project? We'll get it done. Well, why, why is that, why is that important to you? Right, and you know what? In in this case, it's it's an interesting one because if I hired digital always media, it would be somebody at digital always media um, who is probably handling it, um, and, and you know, it, it would be structured in 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 a very controlled way. I, I'm going to imagine. Um, I've seen, I'm sure you've seen as well. Um, environments where it is contracted and that person is using developers in India or Russia or, or whatnot, here, there, or, or everywhere. Um, in that case, that's fine. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I have no problem with it. There's some extremely talented developers in, in those regions and, and some extremely talented designers. No problem, but I'm going to want to know, A, how's my communication going to go, right? Like, when I email at this time, what delay am I dealing with here? Um, and if my confidence in, in the designer is built on an initial communication with that person, the, you know, the, the, the head of the company, you know, it's with Jim Hedger. Um, I'd want to know that that confidence, I'm going to be able to communicate as like, so, you know, you and I can chat every week. I know I can communicate well with you. This is design. I need to be able to communicate well with the person who, who I'm going to be entrusting to turn my vision into something on the web. Certainly, and I measure na- naivety on my part. We don't outsource. Like I don't outsource out of uh, North America, not because I don't trust the work of people in India or people in uh, Romania or whatever. I don't. It's not that I don't trust them. It's just, um, like me, you there's like an expectation from our clients. Yeah, you know, um, and if they knew we were outsourcing to get services done on the cheap, they would be quite cross with us. And fair enough, because they pay you to do it. They pay you for you to do it. And that's, you know, completely understandable. Um, So, but, you know, good to be upfront. And it may be, you know, we're coming in at three grand. I know you've gotten quotes at, you know, eight. The reason we can do that is uh, because we're outsourcing, I'll be your point. You know, I mean, all of these things are fine. I I, I don't have a problem with, with people operating that way. I don't, but I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm for sure, sure, ethically for sure. you don't, but um, you know you need to know that as a client going in. Absolutely. Okay, and I just got a message from Studio. Um, we do got to take our second break. I want to do it really quickly. Um, get back with uh, three more things on the list. So, um, on behalf of Dave Davis and Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Edward, Did Always Media. It's the 19th of February, 2015. This is New Web Culture, Webmaster Radio Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. All-inclusive marketing is the luxurious five-star resort of digital marketing. (laughs) Welcome to All-Inclusive Marketing. Engage with All-Inclusive Marketing's award-winning strategists to ramp up your online profitability and brand exposure, driving new customer acquisitions, increased sales, and stronger buyer retention. Another mojito, please? All-Inclusive Marketing's full-service digital and performance marketing accommodates every brand, specializing in retail, travel, and software as a service. What a great room. The A in All-Inclusive Marketing means award-winning 
award-winning leadership, excellence in results, as well as an A rating by the Better Business Bureau. For reach, engagement, and conversion, it's all-inclusive marketing. Reserve a free consultation today at allinclusivemarketing.com slash radio. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the host, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm, 19th of February, 2015. Uh, we have a about seven minutes to get through um, a number of points, but I'm, I'm afraid before we do, I want to get a couple of housekeeping, a couple of announcements in here, just because we're going to run out of time if I, if I don't. Uh, friends, the vote on net neutrality is coming really soon. Go to battleforthenet.com. You can see a countdown clock. It's counting six days. There's going to be a vote in Congress on net neutrality. If you were ever thinking about writing your Congress people on the issue, do it today. Like right now is the time to do it because there isn't much of a tomorrow on this one. That's number one. Number two, um, a project that, that I'm just getting involved with on a total pro bono basis. I'm really proud of this. Um, we're just getting the website together now. There's a Facebook page together and a Twitter, a Twitter group together under the hashtag UnmaskPTSD. Um, in Canada, we've lost far too many first responders and soldiers to suicide. The same problem happens. The same problem is happening in the United States. These are people who've um, seen stuff that people shouldn't see, and they get to live with it, and it haunts them. And they're in the macho profession, so they don't seek the help that they really should get. And um, they suffer. People suffer for their entire lives, haunted by memories of stuff they've seen. Unmask PTSD, or hashtag Unmask PTSD. I'm asking people, please check it out and find a way to make projects like this happen in your communities, too. Okay, uh, those are the two announcements I wanted to get out of the way. The big one, the pressing one, is on net neutrality. Phone your phone your congressperson. Write your congressperson. Do it on behalf of me and Dave because we don't have congress people to write. <laughs> okay, back to stuff you ought to be asking your designer. So you got someone designing a website for you. Here's three out of five more questions. We we covered the first two, but here's three more that you ought to be asking them. <laughs> Why do I open on this? How many revisions do I get, and when are they? Right. Uh, I'm often on the design side, right? And this is the one that drives me crazy. You get three where we're sitting. Three, period. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, you what know what you, I found? That to be a great How number. How do I get and when are they? I think three is a great idea. Like, like I found it's, it's perfectly thorough. Um, it gets them at, to me, some, some critical points in time. 
um, and and should be more than enough. And and for for those who don't know, um, you know, when I'm referring to revisions, I'm referring to a point in time where the site or or potential layouts can be proofed and feedback given, um, so that the you know so that the client gets what they want. But it's not all chaos. You're not getting a 3 a.m. email. I I've decided I like this blue. I keep using that example mainly mainly because I've I've seen that example. Um, Recently, my stomach tells me. <laughs> it kind of, yeah. Um, I mean, to me, I've found, you know, in, in watching things flow, it makes perfect sense to have mock-ups done. Great. Revision. Get partway through development. You know, you're not at the final stages. Great. Call them in. Look at the structure. See how that's going. Maybe not all the design things are there. Not all the content will be over, but there's going to be enough that there are areas for them to comment on. Great. End of the project. It's the next time. Project's ready, ready for launch. Time to do some some last minute house cleaning. Make sure that uh, everything's looking good. The clients have what they want. If they want, you know, little tweaks on coloring, because as you know, when you're looking at a mock up, um, and it's just an image, um, and you're looking at that thing, it can often have a a difference um, than when you actually view it in a browser. Like mm-hmm. as far as its appeal, when you're clicking through pages, it, it can just be different than you thought it was going to be. So. I, I think it's it's fair to provide that last minute. Oh, you know what? Now it's just a little bit too wide when I'm here. It looked fine when it was on an image, but it's just I, I you know, it's it's the it's going a Thank little bit. God too wide. for CSS. <laughs> well, I know, and that it makes it all easier. Um, it, it's so much more fair. But I think it's it's also it's great for both sides to go. Here's when they are. So the the client knows. Hey, okay, I just got to wait till this point. That's coming at about week three, and then I can get my you know second round in there. It lets them know that, and it means that the designer gets the opportunity to go. Okay, put them all together in one place. Send them. That all those those uh, flashes you just got across Skype, Dave. That was our two minute warning. Okay, so we got him. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we got to move through. No problem. Um, this one drives me crazy. Head head meets desk every time. Can I add more features? I've got this picture of a cat that I want to put up. Right. Um, you know, within reason, I think some of them are fine, right? I want a Facebook widget added, right, to, to scroll back. Sure. You know what? It, it's quick. It's easy. Be a nice person. Do it. You know, as long as it fits the design and there's an easy place to put it. You know, stuff like that, I'll often go, all right, wh- whatever. You know, sure, that, I'll count that as one of the revision points and, and just get it done. Um, you know, if I was doing it. to my favorite, my next favorite one, what right. are the costs are involved? Right. Um, I've seen clients, I'm sure you have too, where it's like, oh, and they didn't know. They weren't informed. Oh, you got to pay for this copy that's going in. Oh, you got to pay for these images that are going in. Oh, you have to pay for these extra features you wanted. Fair enough costs to be sure. But as a client, you need to know that in advance that when you're, if you're not providing your pictures or whatever, there is going to be a cost for it. Yeah. You sp- and, and designers, make sure this is spelled out in, on paper before you go ahead and actually do something. That way there's no surprises. Exactly, because it may be perfectly reasonable, but if they didn't know it, they're still unhappy. Yeah, the last thing you want as a business person is a surprise, and your client is also a business person. The last thing they need is a surprise. surprise. Yeah. Okay, uh, it's Search Engine Watch, uh, published today on February 19th. Five questions your web designer should ask you, and five more you should ask them, written by uh, Dave Davies. And Dave, that's we're almost at full stop. That brings us to time. That does. It, it, um, every, every week that happens. Weird, huh? Remember those <laughs> days when we used to be able to go overtime and it wouldn't drive Frasco crazy? <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On behalf of Dave Dave from Meet Suck Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Both of us want to thank Sir Brasco sitting there in the studio because he does an amazing job every week. And, you know, everybody at WebmasterRadio.fm, friends, stick around. Great stuff coming up on the network. We'll talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.